Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video we're we'll going in depth into my 10 must add waiver wire pickups for week 9 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you'd like access to my Patreon, where I answer every single question you guys may have, as well as post my weekly rankings that are updated throughout the week, make sure you check out the Patreon. Link in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further ado, let's get into my must-add waiver wire pickups for week nine of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my number one waiver wire ad for week number nine, Darrell Henderson Jr., running back of the LA Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Now I know that Darrell Henderson is owned in a majority of leagues, 62.1% rostered on ESPN, 37.7% rostered on NFL, so it's not like he is going to be readily available in every single league. As we keep going down the waiver wire ads, these are all, the other nine players are rostered in less than 50% of leagues though I will note if you are in a eight-man league or a 10-man league there is still a very solid chance that Darrell Henderson is available and on NFL he's not even rostered in over 50% of leagues Darrell Henderson was the RB 17 on the week in PPR this is all prior to Monday Night Football's matchup of the Lions versus the Raiders this video comes out before Monday Night Football so that's how the cookie crumbles here week eight at the Dallas Cowboys, the Rams got absolutely murdered in this game. They lose 20 to 43. The game felt like it was over before halftime even started. It was a disaster of a game for the Rams, and CD Lamb went balls deep into the Rams' ass. It was honestly crazy to watch. Dak looked incredible. In this game, Terrell Henderson, 12 carries for 31 yards, three receptions on three targets for 54 yards. Like I said, though, everything that could have possibly went wrong, went wrong. I'm not an excuse guy. I'm not even a Rams fan, but an excuse you could make is that Sean McVay just had a child a couple of days ago. Maybe he wasn't getting the correct sleep. Maybe the game plan was very off, and hopefully they can hop back on the saddle this week up against a not-so-hot Green Bay Packers team kind of a battle of mid the Rams versus the Packers and to me until Kyron Williams comes back I think that you can start Henderson basically every single week my only worry for Darrell Henderson right now is that this offense might be severely limited by the fact that Stafford is banged up now I know he kept fighting to get back in the game and once the game was officially the dagger was in the back of the Rams Julius Caesar style then we saw them pull out Matthew Stafford but it was pretty clear he's a little bit banged up he's a warrior he likes to play banged up so he should be in the game against the Packers but I do think that will have at least some impact on Henderson now I know Nick didn't you know that Royce Freeman outsnapped Henderson 53% Freeman 47% Henderson well to me even though Freeman outsnapped him we still saw Henderson out-touch him and score more fantasy points. I know that Rolls-Royce scored a touchdown, but I'm still very much in the Henderson camp here, and I think if he's still available, he should be your number one waiver wire ad because the waiver wire ads this week 
aren't very luxurious, if we're being honest with you. There isn't, like, Darrell Henderson, he's a good ad, but a few weeks from now, Darrell Henderson's going to be irrelevant. There isn't, like, one clear, standalone guy that if you play in a league with Fab, you want to put all of your Fab on that player. At number two, we got Chuba Hubbard, running back of the Carolina Panthers, going up against the Indianapolis Colts at home in Carolina. 42.9% owned on ESPN, 40.4% rostered on NFL. Running back 34 last week in PPR, up against the Houston Texans. Now, the Panthers did win their first game of the season in a firefight. I'm talking about one of the highest scoring games of the week. I'm only kidding, guys. 15 to 13. Basically, this game moved at the speed of old people having intercourse. It was incredibly slow. 15 rushes for 28 yards, two receptions on two targets for 26 yards. But the reason why you want Hubbard is not necessarily because the stats he put up last week, but it is because despite the fact that Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers basically took out one of those huge checks you get for winning the lottery. They backed up the Brinks truck to bring Sanders in. Sanders had 18% of the snaps, Hubbard 67%. Now I know for weeks I've been using the excuse, oh, Sanders is banged up and maybe Sanders is still banged up, but it is very evident that Sanders is not very good and that Hubbard has taken over from him. And if Bryce Young is able to start playing a little bit more consistently consistently playing a little bit better and especially in a matchup against the Colts I definitely like Chuba Hubbard a ton this week and again my friendship is ended with Miles Sanders I was never a Miles Sanders guy but if I'm being honest with you at this point in the season you could consider cutting Miles Sanders, and it's not even that crazy of a thought. At number three, we got Jahan Dotson, wide receiver of the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders at the New England Patriots. 51.4% rostered on ESPN, 47.2% on NFL. So I know what I said off the rip might have been a little bit of a fib. Little bit of a lie. You know, my nose grew a little bit after that one, but... 51.4%, 47.2%. Jahan Dotson was the wide receiver seven on the week in PPR. I, for one, was someone that basically gave up on Jahan Dotson. I was someone all summer long, like the Kid Rock song, was banging the drum aggressively. I was the ringleader. I was the conductor of the Jahan Dotson hype train. Choo-choo! And I hopped off. I fucking jumped off while that thing was going. And maybe I jumped off too soon. Now I thought, hey, six weeks in a row of getting fisted by Jahan Dotson might be too much for me to handle. But now I'm jumping right back on because it appears that Jahan Dotson's workload is going to ramp up. And maybe while the commanders aren't the best team, they are frisky enough. The offense is frisky enough with Sam Howoo and Eric Bieniemy for Jahan Dotson to be useful for fantasy. Wide receiver seven on the week in PPR. Week eight against the Eagles, a loss 31 to 38. That's a loss that the commanders definitely want back. They could have, in my opinion, in the first half. This was domination, 50 shades of gray style by the commanders. It's like, holy shit, the commanders are going to beat the Eagles. They played the Eagles really close last time. They play them really close again. And look at this. Maybe the commanders will pull a rabbit out the hat and win, and they lose. Again, a game they probably should have won. I know Howell's going to beat himself up towards the end of the game, made one costly decision, but you can't blame it all on Howell, considering he has looked very solid this season. I'm not here to get down on my knees, give him the gawk gawk 9,000, and say that he's for sure the franchise guy, but I think there's a chance 
that he is. Eight receptions on 10 targets for 108 yards and a touchdown for Dotson. Like I was saying before, all season long, Dotson had done virtually nothing. But over the last two weeks, it seems like the team has made a vow to get him more involved. Eight or more targets in back-to-back weeks. So I am starting to feel more confident in Dotson, especially since Curtis Samuel has taken that dive like his name was Michael Phelps here. His dip in usage in a big way over the last two weeks is very telling that maybe... All that hype I was talking about in the summer might come correct. Jahan Dotson season, and maybe you dropped him, but you still got a good chance of picking him back up. At number four, we got Taysom Hill, tight end of the New Orleans Saints, going up against the Chicago, Chicago Bears at home in New Orleans. 14.7% rostered on ESPN, 11.3% rostered on NFL. Tight end three on the week in PPR. Week eight at the Indianapolis Colts. The Saints eat a W, like their name was famous, Jameis Winston, 38-27. to One completion on two attempts for 44 yards and two touchdowns. Nine rushes for six. 63 yards and one reception on one target for 14 yards. How many tight ends are out there throwing the ball, catching the ball, and rushing the ball? The answer is zero. No fucking tight end is going to do all three of those things in one game. It's like the Taysom Hill triple crown. Now, every week is Taysom Hill going to throw a pass? No. He's not going to do that every single week. But the fact that the man had two total touchdowns, 44 passing yards, 63 rushing yards, and 14 receiving yards is crazy. And recently, the reason why we have seen Taysom Hill have three straight solid games in a row is because of the fact that they have started to use Taysom Hill more like an actual tight end. He was no longer this gadget player that magically on the goal line you'd be, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, you're like, holy shit, it's Alvin Kamara season, and then Taysom Hill runs it in, right? Ole! Now, it's, they're on the goal line, Taysom Hill might jump up and catch the ball, reach back like Odell Beckham, or maybe they run it, or maybe Taysom Hill throws it. And with how fickle the tight end position is week in and week out and how frustrating it is for fantasy, I get Taysom Hill. There's going to be games where he scores three points. 100%. That's possible. But against the Bears, and especially, again, with how much risk there is at tight end, I think it is worth the risk to roll out a guy that has weak winning upside. Taysom Hill has the upside to absolutely front hand, backhand, like the key and peel sketch your opponent, and with there being some teams on by this week, I think a lot more people are going to be picking up Taysom Hill. At number five, we got another tight end for you guys. Trey McBride, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. 7.8% rostered on ESPN, 1.6% rostered on NFL. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. And whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. It helps me out a ton. Now, Trey McBride was a guy that I talked about last week in the tight end starts it and the tight end ranking video with the quarterbacks is that... I like Trey McBride, especially now that Zach Ertz is not there. He's hurt. And this really opens the door for McBride to be the guy. The only issue was that we kind of needed to see it a little bit more before I wanted to believe it. I didn't just have this crazy belief that McBride would do it. Now, I thought, hey, 
in the back of my head, hey, there's a possibility McBride does it because of how highly he was touted coming into the NFL draft with how much people seem to kind of like him in the offseason process, the training camp process. I was like, okay, let me see it, and then I'll believe it. You know, maybe you want to pick him up. I talked about this. Maybe you want to pick up McBride, be a week early, but again, I'm not advocating heavily for people to start him last week, especially up against this monster of a Ravens defense. Now, part of me was right because, hey, you want to be a week early? Part of me was wrong for being a little bit of a pussy, being a little bit nervous, because Trey McBride basically whipped his cock out, whipped his balls out, and put it on the forehead of the Ravens. Now, obviously, the Ravens win. 31-24, the Cardinals lose as per usual. But McBride was the tight end one on the week. 10 receptions on 14 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown. Now, I know, Nick, he's not going to get 14 targets every single game. No shit, Sherlock. Obviously. But without Zach Ertz, he could be seeing... Six to eight targets weekly, and if he is a red zone threat, I know his touchdown came from catching the ball like five on the five yard line, and the whole team just basically picked him up, hoorah, and fucking pushed him into the end zone like Simba getting lifted up in the air, right? Just throwing him into the end zone, and it worked. It was cool. Again, I get Dobbs might be shit, but in reality, he likes to throw to the tight end, so that helps Trey McBride. Plus, I think Kyler Murray should be returning very, very soon. At number six, we got Am Shathid, Rashid Shahid, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. 10.8% rostered on ESPN, 27.6% rostered on NFL. Wide receiver eight last week in PPR. Week eight at the Indianapolis Colts. W28 to 30, or 38 to 27. That's how you read, Nick. I almost tried to say 28 to 3 for some reason. 38 to 27. Sorry, Falcons fans. Three receptions on three targets for 153 yards and one touchdown. He has had two huge games in the last three weeks. I will continue to acknowledge, like my name was Roman Reigns, that he is a large risk. He is a huge risk. Week in and week out. But for some fucking reason, when Carr throws it deep, Shahid, the ball looks like it was thrown by Mahomes. It looks like it was thrown by one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And then when he throws deep to Olave, one of the better receivers in the NFL, the ball looks like a duck that Mason Rudolph would shoot at. It looks like a disaster. It looks like fucking Daniel Jones threw the ball. It's crazy. And again, I say this every single week. Rashid Shahid is that guy that can get two catches for 150 yards and a score. He had three catches for 150 yards and a touchdown last week. But he's been good two out of the three last weeks. So at some point, we kind of just have to be like, fuck it, right? You're going against the Bears. Let me just YOLO, you know? Let me play him this week against the Bears, again, with the Broncos, Lions, 49ers, Jags on by, there are a lot of receivers that are not going to be available for you to start this week, and maybe Rashid Shahid is that huge upside play that you got in your back pocket. Moving to player number seven, we got another Saint, Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Chicago Bears, 21.3% rostered on ESPN, 19.5% rostered on NFL. Now, I get what you might be thinking right now. Nick, I watch a lot of your videos, and basically every single week, you take a dump right on the chest of Derek Carr. You say that Derek Carr can't pass the eye test, but guess what? He did pass the eye test last week against the Colts. 
and you don't necessarily need to pass the notorious fantasy eye test, the Nick eye test, for you to be good for fantasy because he's been fine over the last three weeks. And this matchup against the Bears pushes him into the start-worthy category again, especially because there are multiple teams on by. Week 8 against the Colts, we see that Derek Carr is the quarterback 13, tied with big cock Brock Purdy. 19 completions on 27 attempts, a 70.4 completion percentage for 310 yards and two touchdowns, one rush for negative one yards. For weeks, I was saying Carr is basically one touchdown and one interception every week. Last week, no interceptions, two touchdowns. Now, I'm not here trying to give him the gawk gawk 9,000, the sucky sucky here, and tell you that Derek Carr's back, this, that, and the other thing, because I don't even believe that. But I think up against a shit terror Bears defense with Tyson Bajent starting again, because it's already been ruled out that Fields isn't playing, Derek Carr, again, it might feel gross, it might feel disgusting, but I think out of all the quarterbacks you can stream this week, Derek Carr is the safest option, and he still has pretty large upside. Before we move on into waiver wire players to add 8, 9, and 10, the last three, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Manscaped. We are brought to you guys today by Manscaped, who have taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it has ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of the stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code NOTORIOUS for 20% off plus free shipping. And for my wolfmen with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off and a free shipping with the code NOTORIOUS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code NOTORIOUS for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Back on into things, waiver wire player to add for week number nine. Number eight, crazy, that's already week nine. We got Will Leveth. Will Leveth, like a Mike Tyson. Will Levis. Will Levis. Like the jeans. Brett Favre, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. Going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. 1% roster on ESPN. 0.7% roster on NFL. Those are guys that have the third eye. Those are guys that rub the crystal ball and can see into the future like their name was that so Raven. Will Levis shocked me. I was perplexed, like that painting, where the guy's face is like that, you know what I'm talking about? Or like the, uh, is that the Home Alone picture, you know what I'm talking about? Will Levis. I thought, coming into this game, the Titans are wearing those cool uniforms, those cool throwbacks, and they are going to get wasted by Malik Willis and Will Levis. What a joke. You know, Derek Carr's going to look cool. D-Hop's going to look cool. But what a fucking joke. And then Will Levis goes out there. And just looks downright incredible. I don't think there's any way to paint a picture of Will Levis's game that was anything shy of excellent. It was shocking, perplexing. Quarterback six on the week against the Falcons, which have a pretty decent defense. Win 28-23. to 19 completions on 29 attempts. 65.5 completion percentage. 238 yards. Four touchdowns. Zero interceptions. 
Seven rushes for 11 yards. Now, will it work again? Will he be able to pull the rabbit out the hat again against the Steelers? I'm unsure because he is a rookie, and I think the Steelers' defense is better than a lot of people give him credit for, and I think TJ Watt is going to be an issue in this game for Levis. Levis is going to get put on his back a bunch in this game. But I still think the Steelers' defense can be successful, while Levis just kind of ekes, scratches, and claws his way to a start-worthy week in fantasy. Is it risky? Yes, it's risky to play Carr. A little bit safer for Carr than Levis, but maybe maybe the Titans, Mayo Man himself, Will Levis, will become the guy of the future there. Malik Willis doesn't look very good, and I don't feel like Vrabel's going to go back to Tannehill after what we saw out of Levis against Atlanta. Again, maybe it was just a, maybe he's a one-hit wonder, one game, and then he's dead in the water. But based on what I saw, I think we got to talk about him at number nine. We move to Uncle Lenny, Leonard Fournette, running back of the Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl Lenny, going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago, 1.4%, or the Bears, the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. We've talked about the Bears so much, they're just stuck in my mind. Bills at Bengals, Sunday night football, I think. Yeah, Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. I think it's Sunday Night Football, though. 1.4% rostered on ESPN, 1.2% rostered on NFL. The Bills signed Uncle Lenny to the practice squad, I think, without Damian Harris. This puts Leonard Fournette in a situation to overtake Latavius Murray as the RB2 on the team. If something was to happen to James Cook, knock on wood, Leonard Fournette would instantly elevate himself to potentially being a top 18-ish back weekly. And there is a chance that later on in the season, they look to use Lenny more. Lenny can catch passes. He can run pretty effectively. Again, I get this isn't the Leonard Fournette from a couple of years ago. You would be insane to say that. But on a team as productive as what the Bills can be, when the Bills are at their peak, there's a chance Leonard Fournette could be a league winner. Now, I'm not here telling you to guarantee, take out a second mortgage, bet on Leonard Fournette, to put all your fab on Leonard Fournette. That would be fucking insane in the membrane. But what I will tell you is that Leonard Fournette in deeper leagues, especially if you're down bad at running back, definitely worth an ad. Final player to add, final waiver wire pickup, DeMario Douglas going up against the... Washington Commanders, wide receiver of the Patriots. I acted as if everyone knows who DeMario Douglas is. Didn't even say his position. Or the team he's on. Wide receiver of the Patriots got up against the Commanders. 1.2% rostered on ESPN. 3.8% rostered on NFL. Kendrick Bourne has sadly torn his ACL. Even as a Dolphins fan, I have been a fan of what Kendrick Bourne does out there. And it sucks that he tore his ACL. So I wish a speedy recovery for him. This will elevate Douglas, in my opinion, to the wide receiver one role in New England. Wide receiver 56 last week against the Dolphins in PPR week eight at Miami. The Dolphins absolutely smacked him up 17 to 31. Hey, what's up, hello? If only it was 17 to 38, and then I could actually be Fetty Wap here. They took that L. Get out the brooms, baby. Dolphins with the sweep. Oh, so many Patriots fans talking. Talking so much just to get smacked up by the Dolphins. But it is what it is. Five receptions on seven targets for 25 yards. One rush for four yards. Great-ish performance. Not a great performance. I'd say decent performance out of Douglas considering Bourne played a lot of the game. Let's be honest. That was just an okay performance. But he got seven targets. And again, 
I'm not a Mac Jones truth. I don't even think the Patriots are going to be that good. But against the Commanders, you can see Demario Douglas having a good enough game to where if you had to start him, he's worthy of that pickup. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button down below. It helps me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at NotoriousFNTSY, also on X, because they're the same thing. If you want to check out the Patreon, link in the video description for my weekly rankings, as well as an answer to any of the guys' questions that you guys may have for $7.50 a month. I love you guys all so much. I hope you have a great guys' day. Check out the defenses to stream video on your screen. Tomorrow, we'll be back with running back and wide receiver start sets. Love you guys all. Have a great one, and as always, good boy!